This is KP, and I am here with Crossbones. What's going on? What is up? Crossbones has decided to be, he is willing to come in and help us out as we have a wedding to attend my entire Go Home Heat family. So we have a special edition for you to replace our episodic pods, I guess is the way you would call it. Thank you very much for coming on. We're going to talk a little Xavier Woods here. He's going to go through Xavier Woods' career. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And then we're going to thank you for being here. And all that will be on the other side. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peaking with RoboCop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home eat. All right, Crossbones, tell us where these people can find you when you're not with us. All right, you can find me on IG at Clang and Bang underscore ATL. And also, you can find our podcast on Banging and Clanging Podcast, also on IG. On Twitter, you can find me at Pless, P-L-E-A-S, underscore K-E-L-L-E-Y, 313. Excellent, excellent. All right, so we're going to dive in here. We're going to talk Xavier Woods. It has been a phenomenal journey for Xavier. He is King Xavier currently. And we will talk how he got from Austin Creed and before into... This version, and I will talk about a little bit of my fantasies as to, well, I don't want to say I fantasize, but you know what I mean. I contemplate what he can do in the wrestling realm. All right. Yeah, no, he, he, you know what the, the crazy part is, is that I left wrestling. Like, I, I didn't watch it for a very, very long time. Um, I probably like right around 2010, 2011, I kind of just, just, I mean, I not burnt out on it, but the rock was gone. Stone cold was gone. Triple H was, was here and there. Kurt Angle was gone. So, you know, I wasn't really that invested in it until, um, Xavier Woods made his appearance in 2014. And, and we'll get to that. He, you know, the thing is, Woods, he's, he's a very hard worker. And, uh, the first time that I, I've known him, of course, for, <laughs> I've known him for a very long time. The first time that he told me that he wanted to be a WWE, WWF superstar is I was wrestling in him in my mom's living room. I was, I was at Georgia at the time. I'm a little bit older. Uh, when I say a little bit, seven years, seven years older. He took me down, just took me down. And that was the last time I ever amateur wrestled anyone. But he was a great amateur wrestler. I also was an amateur wrestler, but hadn't wrestled in a long time because I was uh, knocking heads up at the University of Georgia. But he was such a great athlete that I came, and when I came back that, uh, you know, I could see it. You know, I could see that, that in his eyes, he wanted to take on a bigger challenge, I thought. And he wrestled at school in Marietta called Sprayberry with, with my, my, uh, my brother Pierce. They were both on the same team. So that's kind of how I got to know him. If you know anything about amateur wrestling, it has nothing to do with professional wrestling. And it's kind of like, like this weird thing because I, I grew up wrestling and I, and I loved it as from an amateur side, but also as a professional side. So when you get in there, you think there are going to be ropes and you know, they're, they're going to be special moves and all that. But none of that is true. That's not true. It, it is a true athletic competition, but the physicality of it would prepare you to do something like WWE because you have to 
you have to know your body, one. You have to be in extreme physical shape, two. And three, it teaches you balance and discipline. And he was, Xavier Woods was a fantastic amateur wrestler throughout his uh, his amateur career. One match in particular of his amateur career that sticks out to me, and that is when he took on this kid from Lassiter by the name of Cody, Cody Rhodes, who went on to become Intercontinental Champion, WWE Superstar, and uh, AEW co-founder. They went toe-to-toe in high school. I'm going to say, now, the crazy part about this is Austin had to, I think, go up in, or Xavier Woods had to go up in weight to, to meet Cody at a, at a catch weight. His whole deal of this time, he's talked about it on his podcast a couple times, is that he wanted to impress, not only beat Cody, but he wanted to impress Dusty Rhodes, who was, who was going to be there, of, coach, of course, coaching his son. He ended up – Cody also was a fantastic amateur. I don't even think Cody ever lost in high school, in all honesty. I think, the, I think he was – I think the story goes he lost in the state championship his junior year and won in the state championship his senior year. So he lost like one yeah, match yeah. in two years. And, he, and Austin didn't beat him. But Austin gave him, gave him hell, gave him all he could, all he could handle. Sadly, uh, Dusty did not take him under his wing like he had, <laughs> like he had, like he had uh, plotted at that time. You know, and, and like I said, I, I wasn't with him the whole time, that whole time, because of course, I mean, I was in Athens and he was here uh, doing his thing. But he had, he had developed this, this love of it early on. He had been going to the events, of course, the video, video games was his thing, played every single wrestling video game under the sun. His, his character back then was zero. He, he's used that a couple times now. But as I remember, that's who he always, the character who he always made on the, uh, the Raw versus SmackDowns or Raw or whatever, whatever game it was. That was his, that was his thing. Flash forward a couple years later, there's this thing called Fellowship of Christian Athletes and they're having this, uh, they're having this event in Gwinnett. Gwinnett Civic Center, WWE, back in town, doing a meet and greet. And the person who, who is actually conducting the meet and greet for Fellowship of Christian Athletes was Eric Bischoff, former head dude at WCW. Yeah, so that was a whole selling point. That was the whole thing. I was like, yeah, my friend Earl told me about it. And I was like, yeah, we'll drive up there. We get there, you know, we walk in, you know, we're a couple hours early. I see, I see uh, Austin Xavier Woods there. I was like, what are you doing here? I thought this was for college kids. He's like, oh, no, 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 I came here. He came there with uh, some friends of his. And, you know, the the thing that takes me the most, the thing that I remember about this day, because now looking back at it, this is almost 20 years ago, that this meeting with Eric Bischoff. There's a whole bunch of kids in the group. Eric talking about his kid going to Georgia, his daughter going to Georgia, who actually, uh, that was the reason why he did it, because it was, it was a thing for, I think, probably maybe a favor for the school, or maybe to help grease the, grease the skids a little bit to help his daughter get in. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, so as we're sitting there, Eric is explaining the, the ins and outs of the business. Austin's eyes, Austin Xavier Wood's eyes are wide open watching Eric. Just like the, this is the most intense look I have ever seen. On, on Xavier's Austin's fit. He goes right into first, first, he's like, anybody that has any questions, Austin's hand goes straight up in the air. He says, what do I have to do to be a WWE superstar? Eric just says this. He says, hey, it's not a guarantee. No matter how good you are, no matter how hard you train, this spot in this business, nothing's guaranteed. He tells him, take care of your education first before you do anything. 
And I think that that was one of the uh, just biggest realizations at that point in his life to make sure that he was as scholarly as he could be. Uh, So just in case it didn't work out, he would have something to fall back on. And as you, as, as every, hopefully everybody knows, he is, uh, he's a graduate of Furman University and he is a, he's pursuing his PhD. And also, uh, <laughs> there was a little curtain there where we were sitting, the ring where you can look down into the ring and they were all practicing down there. And of course, Austin pulls back that curtain a little bit. They yelled, no, 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 you can't look down. You can't ah. look down. And I'm going to tell you, he was down there, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Ray Mysterio, was down there. Randy Orton, a very young Randy Orton, because this was 2004, was down there. But yeah, and, and it ended up, we ended up going to Raw, just staying around and watching Raw that night. And I want to say the main event was Rock and Sock Connection versus Rock and Sock Connection in Stone Cold versus the NWO Hogan Hall and Nash. I want to say that was the main event for that, for that particular thing. A couple of big, big stars. Yeah, and we were sitting, we were sitting very high, very, very far, and because uh, free tickets came with with the FC uh, with the event. When those, when Kane's flame shot up, I've never seen Austin jump so high in my entire life, right. even to this day. But yeah, so that that was very cool. We went our separate ways at that point, and then you know, a couple years later, I'm just sitting down. I get a I get a text from him saying, "Hey, I've signed." With TNA, I'm going to be on TV tonight. First time, first time on TV. I think this would have been about 2008. So this is four years later. This is past his indie run. Past his indie run. Okay. Now, now the I would tell you the indie run. I know of uh, of of his stories of wrestling in South Carolina, going to school full time Monday through Friday, hopping in the car, driving to. Uh, driving to different events, you know, and then hopping back just to try to get his name out there. Right. Because back then, that was the only way. The, the Internet was not what it was yet. So the only way to get out there was to was to wrestle, was to, was to literally go from town to town, promotion to promotion, and wrestle. That's what he did. I, he, I, I do remember one of his characters being Batman. Uh, do you, are you familiar <laughs> with that story? No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. So Batman, he, he just came to the ring with a bat. Uh, and that was, that was his thing. That was his thing. And I think that was a Christian organization wrestling thing that he was going to. It was a, it was a good start. And so then we get to know, TNA. I, yeah. Then we get to TNA and he has that opening match. And dude, when I tell you that he, like he transformed his body, like he got incredible shape. Incredible. You want to know how he got big? You want to, you want to know the story of how he put on weight? Yeah, please. All right. He used to take his bike because we, we lived right in Marietta, home of Marietta is the, is the wrestling capital of the world. I can't even tell you how many wrestlers have come out of Marietta, but we lived uh, right over there by Bear Parkway area. And he would take his bike and he would drive to Wendy's and get hamburgers constantly. <laughs> And eat and work out. So Wendy's is the reason why Austin is so jacked to this day. Because he used to eat, he used to eat those what ninety nine cent hamburgers. But he would train, work out, and eat hamburgers. That's what he would do. You know they have fantastic frosties at Wendy's. They do. They do. That Great probably frosties. helped as well. Yeah, and and those uh, and they have really good fries. Right. Yeah, yeah. Actually, don't tell anybody, but periodically I would dip a fry in a Frosty, but not much as an adult. That is that is unbelievably 
delicious. Uh, <laughs> now, we're back to TNA, that first match he has. Yeah, I can't remember exactly who it was against, but I just remember it just being a huge deal to see him on TV. And, you know, and then he had, he had a great run with Jay Lethal. Consequences uh, with, Creed, right? Consequences Creed, and they formed Lethal Consequences, which was their tag team. It was just so, so surreal seeing somebody that you, that you've been around on TV every week and wrestling and doing this thing. And, and like, I had never seen him up until that point. I'd never seen him wrestle. So it was, it was a huge deal to, to see this transformation and to see him doing what he loved. He, he was, he was tremendous at it. And you could see the talent. You can see the ability that he had. And, you know, I was, and he got a chance to work with, he got the chance to work with Sting. He got a chance to work with Kurt Angle, Booker T, all these different abyss. He had so many matches down there when, you know, you know, when it all started to go sideways is when they, when Hogan came in there. Right. I blame Hogan. Yeah. I blame Hogan. Yeah. I, I hope you yeah. do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely do. And Hogan came in and started bringing in his own guys. And that, and of course, you know, most people don't realize, no matter how big the company is, they still have a budget. You know, you still got people who you got to answer to. So if you're bringing people in, some people have to go out the back door. And unfortunately for, for Austin being new to the business, Jay Lethal being pretty, pretty new. Um, a lot, PD Williams is another guy who Austin had, Xavier Woods had great matches with. Yeah, those guys were let go, unfortunately. That's a shame because it, PD's one of the greats. I mean, when, when, when you think of pro wrestling now, and you roll your eyes at how many times you see Canadian destroyers. <laughs> yeah. The first, if you can manage to go back to the moment you saw it the first time, you were like, "Oh my God, that's the greatest thing ever!" Now there's three of them in a match, but whatever. But go go ahead as you're as you're talking about these guys. He got to work with. He gets yeah. he, he has he gets let go. He winds up in New Japan, I believe, for a minute. Yeah, um, and during the during the interim time, just remember going to work out at the uh, Sprayberry LA Fitness. And just and just be on my my grind, you know, trying to get trying to get where I need to be, and just looking up, and just the determination of Austin Xavier Woods on this treadmill. He would run so damn hard on this treadmill. I would have headphones in; they, they weren't the greatest quality back then, but I could hear the steps of him running upstairs on this treadmill as I'm down there on the stair climber. He it was just the determination because I think he knew. That if he, he had to get better, even though he was in great shape, phenomenal athlete doing all these things. But I just remember him, the determination that he had up there every single day. I was there every day. He was there every day, pushing himself. No, no excuses. And another story, I remember coming out one day, we finished, you know, I gave him some, uh, some, some exercise bands. I was like, yeah, take these. And I was like, oh, he's like, that's very nice of you. So he was like, I have this protein and I was like, I, I'm not a fan of it. Maybe you'll, you'll like it. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. It was the most disgusting protein that I ever had. It's awful. It was awful. It was this jug of the supplement store. It's called Discount Nutrition. It's not there anymore. But they had his, uh, they had his glossy up there and maybe they gave it to him for free, but he gave it to me. And I told him, I was like, I'm not going to waste it though. So I put in oatmeal every single day for like six months until it was all gone. It was like a 10 pound jug of protein and I did it. Uh, but that's, he's a very giving, he's a very giving young man. Very right. giving. Now we moved to FCW. Is that right? 
Yes. So when he gets to FCW, this is kind of the crazy thing. I lost touch. I know, I know he was doing his, his thing and just training and doing his wrestling. So I'm sitting there watching Rock versus Cena once in a lifetime. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. The, the first match that Rock and Cena had? Yes, sir. And they go to Cena's gym. I'm sitting there watching this and I see Austin Xavier Woods in the background. And I'm like, what? What is this? What, what is it? It's like, this is the first time I'd ever seen him with big time superstars in WWE. Never seen it. I knew he had gotten signed. He told me he had gotten, he had gotten signed, but I had never seen it. FCW wasn't on TV at the time. You couldn't see it unless you were down there. Right. But he's, we have the guy who trained, trains John and, uh, he also, he trained me at Georgia. This guy named Rob McIntyre. He has his gym called Hard Knocks. When it comes on, like, I, I don't know any of the people in the background, but if you go back and watch it now, Seth Rollins is there, Big E is there, Roman Reigns is there. Okay. It's just so a lot of, a lot of people who go on to become big time superstars in WWE, they're all there in this gym. And that is the first time I saw it. It's like, wow. I mean, you made it. You, you, you did. You're up there with, with John Cena and Rob and all these, all these people. It was incredible. It, it was one of these things where I just said, huh. I should start, I, I should probably start watching WWE again because you'll, you'll be up there soon. That, that was the first time that I, I thought that he would make it to that next level. And that's what on a personal level brings you back to pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's when I come back. That's when I come back. Cause it's, and I had no, another thing, I had no idea that he was going to pop up or that he was going to be in that vignette. Or that, or that he was even doing anything on that level at that time. He had just become this incredible athlete and Big E in that video hits a, hits a bench press for like 575 or something, something ridiculous like that. <laughs> right. Those were some, when you, you rattled off those names, I thought those are some physicality guys. I mean, Seth's different in that he's a CrossFit guy, but he can, yeah. he can go, you know, and then Roman's a, a body guy. Big E is, yeah. is a power lifter. Xavier Woods, I mean, he's an, incredible looking physique you know i'm sure he can do every he probably is a great mix between all those names we just had a body guy a power guy and a guy that can crossfit you know he probably is a good mixture in the middle of all that right right now we move to main roster how long does it take to get the new day thing going okay so he first gets up there this is 2014 and they team him with arch crew from the beginning and uh, him and no, actually before that, you know who they teaming with? They teaming with Tyrus and the Funkadactyls. That's where he starts. <laughs> Tyrus and the Funkadactyls. Right. <laughs> and, right. He, and he comes out with Naomi and the other girl. They come out there and they do their thing. Pretty much on the first the first year, I remember all they remember him is getting squashed by Rusev every week. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's all I remember of 2014 was Rusev beating up Xavier Woods every single week. And you know, I, I, I have friends, my friends are telling me, it's like, Oh my God, I feel so bad for Austin. I was like, look, nobody comes in there without a name and becomes a superstar. I was like, he'll figure it out. I was a hundred percent sure he would figure it out. I mean, I, I think that when, and then I saw him, you know, I saw him right before he, uh, he got married in the gym. We were, I was, uh, I walk in now we're in Buckhead and he's living, right, he's living right behind the, uh, right behind where the gym is. And I'm living on the other side. And I walk in and there's Austin wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirt. And he's like, man, it's going good. He, did, he didn't want to talk about it. He did not want to talk about wrestling at all. 
did not right. shut it down, shut it down immediately no. because he was just, I don't think that he was, unha- I don't think that he was unhappy. I just think that he wasn't getting his, his voice heard in the way that he should be. Now, he, now to your point, I believe he's an idea guy, right? And, and during this time period, I think he was throwing out ideas constantly at him until they come upon the new day, right? Right. Till they, till they come upon it. And he pitched the idea to, to my knowledge that he got in there and, and gave upper management the pitch and the spiel and what he wanted to do and how he thought he could do it. It involved Kofi, who he, who he had met, who had, I think it idolized, you know, growing up and E who had been with him in uh, FCW is like, we could form a team. We could do this. But their whole thing is they couldn't get, they didn't think people would boo Kofi. That was their thing. And then once, once they got it, they got it to the point where he, he's such a per, gifted person on the mic. And you can see that every single time that he, that he talks that he can get his point across eloquently just to the point where he could say things that only, I think only he could do it. And he was able to get them to boo Kofi. And that was the beginning of their, their run because they started off as bad guys. Right. Yeah, that was their their initial thing. He was in a very flashy silver suit. Right, I remember the gospel like, videos. Yeah, the, and that that I thought was interesting. That part right there, I did not, I did not get. But you know what the crazy part is about this whole thing? Do you know how much success is contributed to that entrance song of any wrestler? Right, right. That's that song was catchy. Mm-hmm. It had a great baseline beat. And just the clapping, and it gave the audience something to do while they were coming out there. E doing the hip twirl and all that. It just came together perfectly. Interesting. He pitches an idea. The system itself, the machine, tweaks the idea away from into this, like you said, heel version where they're, you know, I don't know if holier than thou is the right word, wherever they're trying to go. But then eventually they morph into themselves. Kofi's just Kofi. Woods is yeah. just Woods. He's playing the horn. Biggie's waving the hips. And they become themselves, and that is when they take off. Like, probably nobody's taken off. No, no. They, they, were, they were unbelievably successful very shortly after their, after their initial coming together. But, it took, but you know what? It takes forever for them to get a shirt. That was, that was the other, that's the other next level that you get to. Once you get a shirt, then you're made. Because that means you're going to get merch and people are going to believe in you and they're going to invest in you. And once they got that first New Day shirt, I was like, yeah, this is this is definitely this is definitely going to work. And all the hard work that you put in and all the risks that you've taken throughout your life, you did it. You made it. Right. Right. And then we see as as Kofi winds up getting Kofi mania and, and we still have Woods. E doing their thing and it's great and then we have Big E on this fantastic run. I personally felt like I still feel like Big E was the would have been the right call to have been the future of whatever. I mean he got hurt and hopefully he comes back and everything works out. I would have never taken a belt off Big E. I loved his run. But yeah. as a sidebar of that, we get this Woods run where he becomes king of the ring. Yeah. And now the other thing is that he had a pretty serious injury um, right around 2018 or 2019. He tore his Achilles, which was, uh, which, I mean, for an athlete, that is the worst possible injury to have. Took him out for a year. I think during that year, he, he was very reflective, just, just looking back at everything that he's done. To, to what you're saying, 
I think that's where the whole King of the Ring thing started. They, they started talking about, he started the podcast while he was injured. That was another thing he pitched to, uh, to WWE to let him, to let him do something while he was, while he was healing. Once he was back ready to go, that's one of the things that came of that was that was the King, was the King of the Ring tournament run or the, the idea the plant the seeds for the King of the Ring. Absolutely. You know, things happen. Right. Woods gets hurt. It kind of sort of leads to what happens with Big E, right? And then, you know, they, they right. separate them. And we all fear when they put Big E on the other show, we all fear that we're no longer going to be the New Day. But the crowd's not going to have that. And we get to keep them. It's kind of a best of both worlds. They're doing their thing separately. Then we have Lashley and post all that, we have Lashley and Woods feud. The champion. Yeah. And there's a steel cage match. And I felt like Woods showed us, and I, I, he probably has always thought this, but when I was watching that, I thought, Xavier Woods can be a main event player. There's no yeah. reason he can't. You said earlier, he's eloquent. There's yeah. nothing he can't do. And Big yeah. E has smashed the idea that you can't be yourself and wiggle your hips and be a world champion. So you right. can't point to that anymore and say, well, he can't play the trombone and be our guy anymore. That's no. not true anymore. And those matches he had with Lashley, and I think Lashley, Lashley is very underrated. He's fantastic. Yeah. But those, ma- fantastic. those matches he had with Lashley, to me, said, it's time for this guy to be a main eventer. And then he gets, uh, I want to say, then he gets this King of the Ring run, and we have him now. They're feuding now with... The hooligans. I call them the hooligans. With the hooligans, uh, of course. The hooligans. Now, the the whole thing with the hooligans plan, it was it was going to be a three on three. That that's why that's why they brought Pete Dunn up there to team with Ridge and Sheamus. That's why they did it. You need a three person team and another three person team. But right now, they've invested in it, and I don't think they have a long term end game to it. Right, right. Which is a shame. But right now, like we've said, with Roman taking some time. Away, not really away as he's on TV, but he's but he's not wrestling a lot on TV. This does mm-hmm. open up a little bit to maybe we can get Xavier in some of these other scenarios. I do think that the Usos will not stay out of the title picture. I don't see Kofi and Xavier not getting another chance to be. I'd see them having another championship run. Yeah. They're they're one or two in WWE tag team history. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, but but you need Big E there. I mean, that's that's kind of like the thing. That's why I think I think they were so willing to give them a shot because because of Big E and, and power and just being that presence. But it's very difficult for them to push New Day without Big E, even though they are still equally as great. And those matches, no, no matter which three, what combination of, of them were in there, they always put on such amazing matches. They did. Yeah, so to put a button on this to kind of wrap this up, and I thank you so much for taking us in depth on, on, on this story. To me, what jumps out at me is the key to all of Xavier's existence and run and success is that he seems to maximize his effort in all areas of his life. Right, right. Whether, he, whether um, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, from from him getting uh, up, up, down, down, to uh, the the unicorn horns, to the uh, to the to the unicorn emojis that they that they use to the whole the whole thing of the bright colors in their 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 mask gear. All those things were 
put together to help WWE, Austin, Xavier Woods, Kofi, and Biggie become successful. Does he tell me this too? Because you know him as a part. Does he have? He feels like he has a wide-eyed optimism about the world. He he seems to attack things with the idea that this can work and be successful, and people are all right, and I enjoy people, and I chase knowledge, and all those things that are beautiful about people. I, I joke with him that he has a magic genie because he he says that he's going to do it. It's like he rubs a lamp and it happens. Right. He right. he got a job. He got it. He wanted the job at G at G four to to do the uh, to do the, the the video game shows. Did it. Wanted a show on Nickelodeon. Rub the genie. Got it. Uh, wanted to do King of the Ring. Rub the genie. Won King of the Ring. So he's been on a, on an unbelievable successful run. But it all comes down to how hard do you want to work to get to where you want to be. What a beautiful message. I'm going to wrap it on that. Tell everybody where they can find you again. All right, we're at Clang and Bang HTL on IG, and also uh, my podcast on IG is uh, uh, Banging and Clanging podcast, and then also on Twitter, P L E A S underscore K E L L E Y at three thirteen. And uh, with Xavier Woods, you know where to find him. He is a multi he is a multimedia guru, and he is out there doing everything. So follow him. You know he'll he'll he is also great with uh, fan interactions. He loves the fans, and he is—he has been so blessed to have all the people that have uh, followed him over the over the years from the from the beginning. He, and he's always and the thing that's crazy. He's been the same person since he beat me up in eighth grade in our in my mom's living room to to now. Yeah, yeah, dude. That is. Thank you again. I, I can't thank you enough for the for this little insight into because. I love the concept of anybody that is willing to, you know how coaches, and you played for some great coaches. You played with Rick. You played with, you know, I, I consider Mark Rick the great coach. Great coach. They will tell you all the time, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's great. That's a great point. Right? And, and that's the thing is his outlook was, I love video games. I'll make it happen. I love wrestling. I'll make it happen. I love kids. I'll make it happen. And he just continues to make things happen because he attacks them in a positive manner. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Crossbones. No problem. No problem. All right. Check out our friends at the Game Project, DGINNproject.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And check us out at all the places that you can find us, your Spotify's, your iPhone, your Bullhorn, and, of course, at your Daily Smart and iHeartRadio. And go home, folks. Bro, thank you. Oh, yeah.